You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. These are discussions on biblical theology and interpretation. The emphasis is on context and grace. The goal is to promote biblical literacy by displacing and debunking most modern interpretations. The challenge is to engage in healthy conversation that may stretch, but sharpen iron. This is The Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Hey, everybody. (laughs) You want to say hey, everybody? Hey, what's up? (laughs) Part two of my dialogue or conversation with the very first guest ever in podcast history of of the Kingdom Project (laughs) podcast, Paul Rim. Thanks for uh, staying here and recording episode number two, right? Part two. It's been fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, first episode long, <laughs> being a futurist and now a preterist. So um, I think it'll be interesting, though. That was fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are in part two here then, because ultimately what we uh, came to the conclusion of was that you changed. You had to. Uh, you didn't really have to, but you're sort of forced to. <laughs> change your eschatological beliefs because you learned how to read the bible right mm-hmm. it comes from interpretation yes okay so so even though the, the the angle at first here for episode one was eschatology um in my my angle though has been on the podcast um, the majority of it has been eschatology um i i just couldn't help myself really i mean i tried to i've done so many other you know, I've done other episodes. I've done drive-through uh, Bible study. Mm-hmm. I've done s- several things, but I keep coming back to it because it's like my bread and butter. I guess it's like what I cut my teeth on. I guess when I really yeah. started to learn how to to read and to study. So, um, but be, even though my that angle is there, I've always put forth these basic principles then of hermeneutics or interpretation, mm-hmm. right? Which even if even if you disagree with preterism you still really need to pick up these principles um you need to know that there are rules to be applied mm-hmm. to when when you read scripture yeah i mean a lot and people don't like that no they don't like it so um we're did you know what hermeneutics was nope yeah, I had never even heard of that word. Me either. Like, <laughs> there's a, the the book I, I've actually lent you guys on mm-hmm. that. Like, that was the first book I had in school, and I okay. didn't even know how to pronounce hermeneutics. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what have I got myself into? And that mm-hmm. like was so scared because mm-hmm. I was like, what am I doing? I'm totally going to like fail, you know? Because yeah. I I was like, I can't even pronounce the word. How am I supposed to learn it? <laughs> Like, you know, so, um, yeah, people hear, hear this and then are like, uh, well, that's a fancy word. So it just means the science of interpretation. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
which means there is a way, there are principles to apply mm-hmm. to when you read scripture. And then people are like, what? And it's like, no, there's like, you need to read it in this way. Yeah. And people have no idea. So did you even know there was a certain way to read the Bible? No, no. I just always <laughs> thought that the Bible was about me, right. you know, about what I was supposed to do as a Christian. And, you know, was it written for you then? It was written for you, hot off the press. I believed it was to me, oh, yeah. you know, God's love letter. Oh, yeah, yeah, to you. Is it written to you, not yeah. for you? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Now I see, you know, that's... So you believe, though, it was pretty, like, if no one else existed, it was to you. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's love letter. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's, that's... I know. It's what's so... What's the Bible? Oh, it's God's love letter to his church. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> weirdest love letter I've ever read. <laughs> I know, right? right? Like I've never was like I was like what it's not it's okay (laughs) this whole evangelical thing that's the issue here that's what we're gonna get at so in 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 this whole process then you were then actually start you were picking up these principles like yeah and I didn't even realize it at first oh really yeah yeah so well I just because I was just trying to figure out how you know the end times worked. You know, and how how I was wrong about all that. Yeah. But in the process, it it taught me how to let the Bible speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And at, at first, I didn't realize it. Um, but you you had mentioned it, and then you started. I, I think in some some podcast episodes, you had started to talk about like properly proper biblical interpretation along with eschatology. Yeah. And how it kind of all ties into one another. Yeah. And yeah, it. It rocked my world. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, yeah. How did the way you read and interpreted it before then was just like most people do? Then there's really you're you're not really interpreting it. It's just what does it mean to you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like what what does this particular verse mean to you? Right. You know, I would never take into account like actual context like reading the verse above and the verse below or the chapter above and the chapter mm-hmm. below yeah you know i just always like there would be times where i would just flip i'd be like god just speak to me whatever you want to say to me oh yeah and then just open to a random scripture and then read it and try to interpret what god was trying to say to me and you know if you right. end up in chronicles you're kind of yeah screwed there or ecclesiastes you know? <laughs> i know right <laughs> Or some random genealogy. Well, God, what are you trying to say? What's I don't going, understand. I, I must have flipped it to the wrong page, Lord. I, I, I know. Right? It's, it's my flesh. <laughs> my flesh got in the way. <laughs> uh, so, and this is all just, I mean, I did the same thing. Everybody does it. It's a product mm-hmm. of the evangelical complex, mm-hmm. I think, is that this verse is for you. Yeah. Like. It doesn't, ma- <laughs> you know what? 20, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? Oh yeah, is that the, I know the plans? Uh, yeah, for you, plans to prosper, and yeah, that's for you. Yeah, it's, like, it's not. Nope, it's to Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah and Israel, and you got to see what what's he got to go through in order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. A bunch of not good stuff right right but we have it plastered on our walls and t-shirts and things Mm -hmm. like that now we can get really strict on that and you know and just say like obviously god knows us yeah right i mean there's application yes 
So one one interpretation, many applications is what I've always said. And yeah. so just because I say there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, has happened, it doesn't mean there's not applicability. There's not lessons to be learned. Right. Yeah. You know, so but there's it's still a whole different thing. It's all it's it changes the whole ball game though. Yes. Very when, much so <laughs> like everything changes. Mm-hmm. I'm always constantly like I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Like here, like I can still catch myself sometimes mm-hmm. like um, just sort of not paying attention to the context for mm-hmm. a moment. And then, then I have to stop and go, wait, I, uh, w- what's going on here? Yeah, you know, yeah. because it's still just so. It's an I, entire life, lifetime, yes. you know, up to this point. Right. Of a way of looking at the Bible that you now have to be like, that's completely wrong. Yeah, you it's know. totally like learning, trying to learn English again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we have a culture of proof texts. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, people have their, you know, daily bread devotional or whatever, or devotional books that just has a proof text, one verse, and mm-hmm. then an author writing some sort of relevant you know, story of really doesn't have anything to do with that verse whatsoever. Yeah. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not very good. I'm not completely opposed. If that's the only thing that's going to help you to read a scripture, mm-hmm. go for it. But I would ask you to please open your Bible and read that scripture in context just to see, just to get a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think because of de- devotionals like that um, and stuff like Jesus calling that like, mm-hmm. we have totally lost our ground here. We are so yeah. people, you know, we say we're biblically illiterate and most of the time people s- say that um, that we just don't know a lot of, of even the biblical stories. But I would say it's more applicable to say we're biblically illiterate on knowing who it's talking about who it who what events it's talking about who it was written to right and instead of trying to play because we what we always do is take we either take the text and put it in our times um and use secular history like events current events (laughs) on eschatology or we just place ourselves in the text yeah and like i said like when we read the word you that's talking to me. Yeah. And absolutely. so when I read this generation, I'm just thinking of the my time. Generation. Yeah. My generation. <laughs> I'm alive right now. Okay. Yep. So, um, uh, you, so you're learning audience relevance, mm-hmm. time statements or his, historical limitations. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, and over a hundred and there, and, and then the, you were talking about the um, uh, the urgency, how it more it intensifies as yeah. you go through too. Yeah, you're seeing that. So you're, you know, I mean, one thing I always knew was, um, see see who the author is, who's writing, and who who that they were writing to. Mm-hmm. But I never really went past much of that. Yeah. So I mean, audience relevance is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Big, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> that changed a lot. And the time statement. Yeah. So I mean, what. I mean, how how did you start to construct this and like put it, some of it together? I mean, and really, 
and, and not just uh, eschatology, but just reading. Because you're actually, uh, I mean, it's sort of a sidebar, but you were, what was the translation you always read? King, uh, King, New King James? I mean, I was, brought, I was brought up that King James Version was the best. Um, <laughs> was it the only two? Were and, you one of those? I mean, 1611! <laughs> well, I mean, growing, growing up in the denomination that I was part of, UPC, yeah. they only use King James Version. Okay. It's very rare for them to go outside of that you know sometimes they'll even go new king james version and and niv you're getting a little liberal but it's still Near, okay nearly but, inspired version yeah <laughs> yeah i mean before all this and you know kind of studying out because this like i said this all led into me looking at everything differently uh before my es- eschatological change and um looking at biblical interpretation, probably my go-to was either the King James or the NIV. Okay. Uh, I liked the NLT too. That's probably the last version I read before everything shifted for me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. And so not too long ago you brought, you bought an ESV mm-hmm. and yeah. you're reading the whole Bible again. The in ESV. The ESV. Yeah. Is it, how different is it? I mean, it's different in that my entire lens is different. Right. Um, because before, you know, everything, I, I would look at everything through a certain lens. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like it's a different translation. It's apparently closer from what I've found. It's yeah. closer to the original Greek and Hebrew. Yes. Um, so I it's, feel like it's, it's the clearer. entirely sanctified version. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, so it's. It's more about I'm looking at it through a different lens. And then I'm also, there's certain translations that I just stay away from now, like just completely. Yeah. Um, the message. Oh, yeah. Know, uh, Amplified. Yeah. Passion translation, which let's not, let's not even go there. <laughs> no, that's just, that's not even a translation. No, which I would argue the message isn't either. Um, but. Uh, what what did you say? The message. Oh, yeah. I, I would argue yeah. that's, that's not a translation Yeah, either. the me- message that's is paraphrased Really stuff. bad paraphrase. Yeah, really bad. And then uh, ampl- Amplified, I don't think the Amplified is as bad as a message, but th- what it does, mm-hmm. I forgot what the actual term is, but, you know, they just take, they take a word or a definition of the Greek word and they apply it to every time it's used. Like, yeah. You know, and then it's in brackets. Like, so in Thessalonians, like, it'll say all caught up and then it says rapture. Yeah, there, you yeah. know, it's really super expanded too. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's just like okay, so yeah, translations and all that make a big difference. Man, I can't believe you read King James so long. How do you oh, understand it, dude. dude? I just, uh, it's just what I was always taught. You know, just King James, King James, King James. I mean, there's some, there's probably some churches in the UPC that teach King James only, and that if yeah. you go outside. You're, of that yeah. translation, you're backslid. You're backslid. Yeah, <laughs> you're not getting the true inspired word of God. Yeah, it's so which weird. if you know anything about translation history, you know that that is insanity and just a straight up lie. Yeah, and it's comes from the Latin Vulgate and all exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah, and so I had never known that. No one had ever taught me that. I didn't yeah. know that it was a translation of Latin from the translation of Greek and Hebrew. Yeah, and then it messes up things like. The disciples' questions, like mm-hmm. instead of the end of the age, it says end of the world. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so when I started looking at that in these 
translations that were closer to the original Greek and Hebrew, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, it's saying age, not world, you know? And yeah. then uh, all, when I started looking at different Greek and Hebrew, like when you look at what the root Greek Hebrew would be for like, um, what do I want to say? Earth. Yeah. When it's, it could be translated as land. Yes. So it's not maybe actually talking about the entire globe as we know it, but right. that immediate the area, surrounding area, the surrounding yeah. area. Yeah. And in the New Testament would be the, the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Um, everything changes when you start to do that stuff, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so does context actually matter? Yes, but absolutely. How, I mean, how much? It's everything. <laughs> it's, it's king, right? Yeah, context it's on is point. king. <laughs> it is. It really is. Besides Jesus being Lord of Lords and King of Kings, like in literature, context is king. Mm-hmm. Like, um, how how much how much scripture did uh, did you realize you had been taking out of context? I mean, a lot, especially when it came to like. <laughs> Um, Me too, man. I mean, we've all we're all there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when it came to like gifts, because you know my upbringing in the UPC, you know, indwelling of the Holy Ghost and all that other stuff is right. big, big, big time. Um, so a lot of that I had been taking out of context, uh, just because I they, they had created entire theologies and doctrines based off of verses taken out of context. Okay, and when you look at the entire scope of the Bible. Uh, it was wrong. Like my view of salvation, even, mm-hmm. you know, um, being the indwelling and uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues. Oh, so. Yeah. That was salvation. That's salvation to them. Mm. Um, what are you before that? What do you mean? What are you? What am I before that? Are you not saved at all until oh, you baptized? For, for a long time, I believed if you didn't speak in tongues you're not saved. you are not saved yeah okay so it's not just the that baptism it, of the holy spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues yeah like because some like you're saved you just have an indwelling of the spirit now you need the in like the filling of the mm-hmm. infilling of the spirit yeah and with the evidence of speaking in tongues but yeah yeah so total oh that's a christmas clock <laughs> I didn't know what it was. You probably can't even hear it on the podcast. But um, uh, so the Pentecostal distinctive of like actual salvation is for for you for you then was mm-hmm. baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Yeah, and I started to. I mean, before all this, I had started to kind of get away from that because I, you know, I started reading the Bible outside of my UPC lenses uh, before that. Sure, you know, yeah, so, you had been out. Yeah, I had been out for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still struggled with are people really true, sanctified, protected believers if they didn't speak in tongues? You know, I still struggled right. with that. Yeah. Um, but then you get to where Paul's saying, do all speak in tongues? You know right. what I mean? And yeah. that and the answer is no. Exactly. <laughs> and that was kind of, that's kind of a game changer too, because I started to look at all these people that fight for uh, I guess you can say like hyper charismatic mm-hmm. belief systems and that that's like their whole entire theology yeah by saying you have to do this I mean you have to do this 
it kind of yeah it, no I understand I it, was there <laughs> it just changes it just changed the way I viewed the gifts like it wasn't a like a required oh yeah okay portion. it wasn't a required element of salvation right because it's not yeah exactly <laughs> yeah once I realized what the Bible said about salvation I realized how much more simple it was and how I was viewing my entire salvation and theology almost at a works based oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well you were yeah yeah exactly Even. <laughs> like if I didn't pray uh, every single day if I didn't pray in tongues you uh, know yeah. a certain amount of times I my relationship with God was waning you know where did you have that in scripture? You know, I don't really think that I can pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. I think it was just something that I was always indoctrinated with. Sure. You know, if. Because this ain't got nothing to do with context here. No. <laughs> right? No. Like, there's doesn't. nothing. You can't find any of that stuff. That just comes. It's tradition. Yeah. I, I, re- yeah. I realized that a lot of what I believed was tradition and not, not really grounded in biblical scriptures. It just right. wasn't. But you could have you could have found something though. I'm sure. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, there's here. like proof. To, I'm Get sure the prayer proof closet. Text. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. How? Well, just speaking of like context, like, I mean, where where was the whole? the baptism of the spirit and speaking in tongues is that oh, is salvation acts, acts 238 That's I, it? We, yeah we would always interpret acts 238 like uh <laughs> what do you do with like verses of just like you confess that jesus is the son of god and oh we thought like, that was that was greasy thought that was a greasy oh the greasy gray so like i'm like Like, how can you be saved if you just confess that jesus is lord then there's no spiritual evidence (laughs) you know that's what we all always taught like peter was the foundation of the church so when he said Mm -hmm. be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ and you know yeah then you will receive the gift of the holy ghost and the only evidence of receiving the holy ghost in that denomination is speaking in tongues like that's the only proof if you don't speak in tongues you're not filled with the holy spirit it's the only proof in acts two mm-hmm. right that's what i believed well i mean that seems to be it does it does <laughs> yeah i mean it but they're hearing their own languages mm-hmm. too that's a whole other conversation but yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that that was a tough one for me to get through but um, you you weren't i mean even though that you were Pentecostal, um, you you still you weren't too like you weren't like I don't I'm just trying to be nice. You were not crazy like charismatic stuff is no, now, no. and not all of it's crazy. No, no, no. no. But, I I would but, still consider myself a charismatic. Yeah, you know yeah. I'm not, I'm in, in no way quotes. a cessationist, but I have right. a much more healthy view right. of you know, spiritual gifts and yeah, I think you and I are almost pretty probably on the same page where it's like, you know, uh, I'm a continuationist. Yeah. And, yeah. but the difference between 
being a continuationist and a charismatic, you know, and you you have to understand it's a very broad term when I say charismatic, but yeah. the difference is I don't believe the stuff is as normative as Todd exactly. White exactly. or yeah. Bill Johnson would have you believe. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, and when you just are doing the math from the biblical texts, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, 20... 20 signs and wonders in 30 years that spans the book of acts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a lot. No. That's not like 30 people having, uh, demons cast out of them on uh, Sunday mm-hmm. service and 20 people getting healed or baptized in the spirit. I mean, yeah. that outnumbers what happens in 30 yeah. years of church history. Yeah. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize like how, I guess when I left the UPC, you know, because there's, there's a lot of legalism issues there. Um, when I left that and went to the church I belonged to before, I didn't realize that I just had switched to from a, how do I want to put this? I don't want to be, right, right. I don't want to be mean about it or sound vindictive. Um, I went from legalism to, I guess, hyper charismatic, an element of hyper charismaticism where they believe there's a, yeah, yeah. There's like, it's normative for constant healing and prophecy and words of knowledge. Like it, it like happens every, every day. Yeah, yeah. All the time. All the time. And when I started to view scripture differently from my, from my, the eschatology change that I had gone through when I started to look at the Bible in context, I started to see how that was an abuse of scripture, mm-hmm. you know, believing that. Yeah. And it was just, and it, it would elevate these experiences above scripture and above God. Um, and it just, it, it would put extra weight on people. Yeah. Um, so it just, it really opened my eyes. I say this a lot, like before this happened, I would, it was almost like I viewed the Bible through a small box. Like if I was looking at a painting and had a box around my eyes, I couldn't see what was left, right uh, or above yeah. it. I just, what I was looking at at the time. Right. And once this happened and I, I adopted this new view of looking at scripture, it's like the box dropped and I could see peripherally and just everything. Uh. So it just, it really was scales falling off of my eyes. And right. I was, it was like rediscovering scripture for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, and what's funny is that there would be people who would say, use that in the opposite way and saying, you're just putting a box. Putting God in a box. Yeah, yeah. You're putting, you're putting a box on your eyes now to, yeah. because you're looking at context and uh, using principles and rules to interpret the bible yeah like you're just listening to the letter of the word not the spirit of the word <laughs> yeah. people say that too. oh yeah yeah right yeah i hear that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um but yeah it's just it's kind of hard to articulate you know yeah i understand um so yeah you 
to those who don't know, okay, he was in UPC and then he left. He was out for like six years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he was at this bigger place that's very evangelical mm-hmm. um, type of place. And so you're there when this is all happening. And so, and then not just there, because we're not making it about that. Um, starting to look at other stuff too, like what you're hearing from the pulpit there and what you're hearing on Facebook mm-hmm. um, and other videos uh, that people post all the time because it just happens in our feed. How much did you start to realize then was being taken out of context by other believers and by pastors? An uncomfortably high amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I found myself going to church uh, and getting upset because I would, because of taking this view of, you know, context, 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 you right. know, looking at everything in context, the second they would misinterpret a scripture, I would notice it immediately. Mm. And yeah. I would be, <laughs> and I would be for the rest of the service, just be fuming. Oh no. You know? <laughs> Because self-control, Paul. Because a lot. Well, because I would watch them. It it would be their main point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They would take the main point of their sermon from a scripture taken out of context. Right. So I would disregard literally everything they were saying once I realized it. Now it wasn't. I I can't say that that always happened. Yeah. But I became much more aware of when it did. Yeah. And when I realized how often. It was uh-huh. happening. That's that's kind of when I was, you know, I, I would have to. I I started to come home and be like, talk to my wife, you know, hey, I don't see us staying here right. forever because I I am not agreeing with a lot of what's coming from the pulpit because I believe and see how they're taking scriptures out of context and they're taking entire doctrines and theology in sermons from a verse that they're mm. just misinterpreting. Right. That, that is not taking into account context whatsoever. And it, it was just a very hard time for me. Yeah. <laughs> because no, I, I was also, you know, we, you know, you know this, I, I was heavily used there. I was part of the worship team. Um, yeah. And, and it, we don't have to, it doesn't have to all be focused on, on, you going there. I yeah, mean, yeah. you start to notice it though. And I was noticing it everywhere. Everywhere. Like yeah, evangelicalism like, as a whole. Yeah. Takes it, like, takes Whoa. everything out of context. And, and the thing is, it's like what they have to say may not necessarily be bad stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but I think the point is it's just like, um, exegete, Right. Let's mm-hmm. exegete. Let's draw the meaning out of the verse instead of eisegeting and putting what I have to say onto this verse. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole point. It's just like be true to God's word. Actually tell us what it means instead of just like yeah. all of this fluff or whatever and making it about me. Yeah. Like if it's not about me, OK, that's fine because it's God's word. Yeah. Right. And that's what I started to see. You know, it was they were. They'd create a series, and I'm not talking about just the church I went to. Uh, just overall, they would they'll take an idea right. that they want to speak to the people, uh, whatever concept they want to relay to them, mm-hmm. and they would push that meaning into a random scripture in Ezekiel or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, 
once I started to notice that that scripture had nothing to do with what they were trying to say, you know, it, it was hard for me to realize because that is, that is what I see as the majority of Christianity, yes. at least popular Christianity. Yeah. You know, that's all they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're more or less glorified self-help gurus. Oh yeah. You know, pushing, pushing ideas into scripture that aren't always there. Right. Making um, it like the whole Slayer Giant thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Like Stephen Furtick's great at, <laughs> at that. that. Yeah. Like Narzajetical. Yeah, Narzajee. <laughs> he is like the biggest narcissist like pastor there is. Like mm-hmm. it, it's always like it's always about you. Mm-hmm. Every single time. It's just like. Once I realized that. I was looking at the Bible as all about me and I should have been looking at the Bible is all about Jesus. Right. All these scriptures <laughs> are not pointing to me. They're pointing to Jesus. Yeah. It com- it was a complete game changer. And I realized how dangerous a lot of theologies were. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, it's, it's self-centered, mm-hmm. right? It's about you elevating self Ele- yeah it's all about me i'm oh. good enough i'm great enough and like i mean there are things within the identity of being a person placed in christ mm-hmm. right but that's all dependent on christ right but it's good to to learn these things right mm-hmm. but when it's like joel sting you know it's <laughs> i mean it's like you're good enough. Like nothing bad needs to happen to yeah. you. And I mean, like, I went what? from thinking Joel Olstein was just this sweet, awesome, you know, happy-go-lucky preacher to a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> yeah, just it's... just from going from the way I interpreted scripture. Like this guy is leading people astray. I believe in some cases. Right. Well, I mean, there's times when he doesn't even open the Bible. I mean, yeah. he has no text at all, and he's just. You're good. You're yeah, good. You're, you're going to get it. God loves Just you. Just declare it. Keep your mind positive. Yeah. Like, and yeah. It's the power this. of positive thinking. Right. And then that gets into all the, the enlightenment, enlightenment mm-hmm. era and like new, new age thought, and new all age this. And, yeah. and so it's just all, it's just become about us. And like you said, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's types and shadows. You know, I mean, David and Goliath. David is a, a messiah type. He's a Christ figure. Goliath is sin and the devil. And, you know, another good reason to say that the devil's dead, because what did David do to Goliath? He killed He killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, types. And, I mean, the temple, the sacrifices, all the stuff in the temple, everything. It's types and shadows. Yeah. Jesus is the substance. He's the real deal. And it goes from physical material stuff to the spiritual better higher more like mm-hmm. i said better <laughs> i caught that i was like well that sounded weird um but it, it's all him and he, even the new te- you know the new testament is just about this revelation of him and that he he's the perfect representation the exact imprint of the father mm-hmm. and and then as far as eschatological it's always like all the time dealing with guys that stuff was like nothing it was types and shadows here's jesus receive this revelation of who jesus is Mm -hmm. don't listen to those like don't go back to judaism don't go back to the the temple don't do this receive this revelation of jesus christ because he 
you know, is the ultimate thing. This is what is happening right yeah. now. And then you get to Revelation and it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it makes totally sense that the book of Revelation is not a book on the end of the world. It's on Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's about ending this covenant because this new covenant has been established through him. Yeah. I mean, I realized, especially when it comes to eschatology, how much I had to stretch scripture <laughs> to get the meaning that oh, I yeah. believed all these years. Right. Um, diagrams. and Oh, my like, gosh. <laughs> the amount of diagrams and charts that I had to look at and know to fit my eschatology right. was ridiculous. <laughs> and just the amount of stretching the, the meaning right it was ridic- just ridiculous <laughs> it is well i mean how if you have to have a chart and a graph <laughs> several pages long yeah to get the meaning of scripture it's probably not the right meaning you oh know? yeah and no that's way. and that's what i started to realize and when soon when it says soon it means soon right yeah not words- not soon 2000 years yeah stretching that exactly exactly and that's what you're doing you're stretching it's a long stretch Mm -hmm. Uh, the mosaic economy didn't even last as long as the new covenant's been in effect now Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know yeah we can't even stop to just look at that just look at it uh in that way so um How did it affect you then and your theology overall? Because everything changed. I mean, what else besides? I mean, well, at first, I. I mean, I know you've already talked about how it somewhat affected you, but. Yeah, at first it. Because there was kind of a time where I was. I guess close to an existential crisis, I guess. Sure. Like there there was some anger. I, I felt like I was angry with God about some stuff. Um there had been some things that had happened that within my theological framework, I believed was impossible. Like for example, there was an entire month where I did nothing but fast and pray, Hmm. you know, and there was a specific issue regarding a friend that was, uh, I want to word this the right way. Um, (laughs) Believe we could, that he could have been Mm -hmm. demonically, yeah possessed or oppressed or whatever right and i had been praying and fasting for a straight month right you know and it finally kind of came to a head mm-hmm. and you know i was all prayed up you know i'd i pray until i spoke in tongues every single night you know i'd read my bible um i had been fasting you know so i when it finally came time to where it, it the situation came to a head and i went to pray for him nothing happened Mm -hmm. and I I became kind of angry at God about that. Mm -hmm. So with regard to that, this was all within the same time frame where uh, my eschatological framework was changing. Mm -hmm. I was changing the way I was looking at scripture. So at first it, it, it created some animosity towards my belief system, Mm -hmm. but then I just kind of, I just, Got her, I guess got to resolve back into me to look into everything again, look at everything through fresh eyes. You know, I, yeah. I tell everybody that I kind of stripped every belief that I had ever held that was not biblically grounded. Yeah. You know, if I could not find 
concrete biblical evidence for a belief system that I held to. I just threw it away. Yeah. Um, so it, it changed a lot of the way I looked at um, healing, mm-hmm. for example, you know, and um, how everything was spiritual. Like there was a demon behind every corner, right? you know, behind mm-hmm. every rock, you know, I, I believe that. I believe everything was spiritually motivated and I believe there was something wrong with me for not being able to help this friend. Right. You know, when I had done everything right. You know, there mm-hmm. was no logical reason for me not to be able to cast out whatever was wrong with him or heal him. Right. Because I had done everything I had been told would make it possible. Right. So. Did you have to analyze yourself first after that and go, Do did I lack any faith here? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Or, um, like, was there some unconfessed sin? Right. That, that was my next yeah, thing. Yeah, was there some unconfessed, unconfessed sin, sin that or I some had unforgi- in my life? Unforgiveness or something, all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. Too? Did I just not have enough faith to get right. it out? Right. Did I just ha- not have enough faith that he would be, that his mind would be healed or that if there was a spirit involved, yeah. that it to come out? And, and just logically looking at it, it's like, it seemed like you spent a month doing all this stuff. That shows a great amount of faith, I think. Yeah, yeah. That you're doing this and it's exactly to what, prepare. It's exactly what I thought. <laughs> and which made which was why it made me so angry. Right. Um but then it's funny cuz around the same time frame uh you know, I was listening to your podcast and I was um like I said I was starting to look at scripture in an entirely different way. And then uh I heard a podcast from Coltish mm-hmm. with Lindsay Davis. Mm, yeah. Um, we were talking about how she had defected from Bethel. Right. Who, at the time, I viewed Bethel as... I had some issues with Bethel at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw some weird stuff. But I it, it just never... I never really thought a whole lot about it. Because especially I, I had to listen to those songs all the time. Right. <laughs> to... <laughs> for my church and to play. Right. Um, so... She had mentioned a documentary called American Gospel. And oh, yeah. So I watched American Gospel, you know, thinking like if she if she came to this conclusion about Bethel, which I've already I've already kind of had some apprehension towards them and couldn't really put my finger on it. Um, once I heard her talk about how the American Gospel kind of changed everything <laughs> for her, I rented it. Yeah, I watched it. And I cried until three o'clock in the morning, Oh man! you know, and that's when I realized that I wasn't just looking at eschatology wrong. I was looking at everything wrong. Yeah. You know, I had realized that I was really caught up into, um, hyper charismatic beliefs, not just continuationist Mm -hmm. because I am a continuationist. I believe there are some gifts that are still for today, but I I was realizing that there was some really messed up views of scripture that I was holding to and I didn't realize it. Um, what, what is one that you could think of that it's God's will to always heal. Mm. Okay. You know, yeah. which was something that was very hard for me to reconcile with because my daughter has type one diabetes. Right. So I, that was already one thing that I was struggling with because why isn't she healed? Mm -hmm. I believe God can heal her. I know God can heal her. Right. Why isn't he healing her? 
it's always God's will to heal. You know? Right. That's nowhere in scripture. Right. It just isn't. You By know? his stripes were healed. Yeah, but yeah, right? spiritual healing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, transgressions and iniquities are mm-hmm. in the context exactly. there. Exactly. So when you start what, to look at that. You're spiritually dead. Yeah. So he's going to heal us by resurrecting us to new life. But I was always taught that there were so many stripes that he received and that healed. And just coincidentally, there's this many documented diseases, you know, so for every stripe. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. For every stripe was a disease that was healed. Well, I mean, you know, I didn't know the number, but I preached that one time for Mm -hmm. Easter that he gets like. He gets a you know a, a lash here. In goes cancer. Yeah, he gets that's another, exactly what another I was slash here. In goes depression. Yeah, I, and I preach that mm-hmm. once. I wish I had that recorded so I could <laughs> review it myself. Yeah. Now, I mean, it is purchased, but I don't. It's not in the way that the faith healers would right. preach it. And I realized that a lot of my theology was based off of what God can do for me. Yeah. And not that it's already been done. And that if he never, I, I had to come to the place where if God never does another miraculous thing in my life, I'm cool with that mm-hmm. because he paid the ultimate sacrifice for my salvation. Exactly. Yeah. And when I say it, it has been purchased, like, doesn't mean it's going to manifest in this life because yeah. and I know people will say it's a cop out, but you will get that healing like in, you know, when you die. Yeah. Like, right. And people go, well, that's not, you know, that's not the kingdom on earth. And it's like, yeah, but the ultimate, the ultimate um, purchase here was, you know, the a perfect sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice that acted, you know, as a high priest as well to make this reconciliation happen mm-hmm. in him on the cross yeah. and, and nail that sin, the whole sin of the world. And it, it's all about sin. It's about the spiritual death that we have, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, and I, I was in that too. And you know, I was a lot deeper. Oh, than you, were you were way more crazy than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was a crazy charismatic man. <laughs> I mean, spiritual warfare, uh, the healing, like, yeah, like. Which I had I, had elements of right. instilled in me, but not, I felt like I had lot boundaries. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you did. I didn't have anything. No. It was just a green you light. Just go. Free for all crazy. <laughs> I, I was, I think. It, like, definitely. Um, man, I really was. Um, and ultimately I, I you know I never placed blame on any anybody if anything didn't happen um, if any blame was going to go it would be me dealing like oh I wonder what yeah. why this didn't happen just oh, like yeah. you said mm-hmm. um, I, but I never even though I did hear I was around it like well that person just didn't have enough faith for to receive the healing and it's yeah. just like man but they're already saved they believe in Christ you yeah. know like what is up with that so mm-hmm. you know but I, I never liked to put that can you imagine already being like the burden of already being a child like you're saved you're a child of god like 
and you're still lacking something yeah but you can't you can't get this healing that's supposed to be yours Mm -hmm. now put that that x that burden on them of saying that they lack something Mm -hmm. they lack faith or there's some sort of you know that whole unforgiveness junk and all that type of stuff you know it's like anyway we can we're totally getting into like charismatic like conversation now on this (laughs) but but you started to see that stuff though in in scripture that yeah. a lot of the stuff's not there and i mean i did too like spiritual warfare stuff like strategic mm-hmm. warfare you know mm-hmm. the whole like um oh and yeah like naming demons and jezebel spirit and stuff yeah like, all that it's like where in the world right none do of you it's pull that from none of it's there you know like none of it's there or like you know we take something that or it did happen in scripture and think if we just repeat it, like mm-hmm. let's pray, let's walk around the house seven times, yeah, and pray for you know, like yeah. we need to do things like that. Let's walk around it. So, you know, I know people that have going back to it being about them. I, I knew a woman who uh, wanted this Mercedes, and which I know <laughs> <laughs> Paul drives a Mercedes, so. <laughs> <laughs> But she wanted that Mercedes, so she walked around it seven times and claimed it. Oh, my gosh. You know? Um, yeah. Which somehow she did get it, though. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Probably but you know what I mean? massive debt. But, yeah, yeah she got it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we just take these things and think there's these formulas here. Yeah. Yeah, you we know? apply all these, these weird formulas and just... <sighs> We think that we have a lot more authority yeah. <laughs> than what we do. And I started to realize that people were treating the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is the third person in the Trinity, as some mystical force right. that we could control. Right. Like Because if, if we were believers and we were indwelt with the Holy Spirit, that whatever we said had to come to pass because we, had a, we were given a certain authority. Right. Which is just bizarre on its face <laughs> well i and, mean and it's not the holy spirit it's holy spirit oh yeah they always yeah they always <laughs> go there that i i usually know when someone's a little woohoo when they refer to the holy spirit as holy spirit right when they drop the the yeah they, yeah they, they're <laughs> dropping that distinctive they do that though yeah, yeah. and then then we and when we pray when we pray for people we we just tell the Holy Spirit what to do. Mm-hmm. We don't ask. No. Like, or, you know. We're taught to decree and declare it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so many, because I did the double it thing. Double it. <laughs> double it. Right now, Holy More. Spirit. Right now, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just, the, like, he's a butler. Yeah. And it's such a lack of reverence, you know. Exactly. And, and that, that's what I started to realize. Like, it, it was all these doctrines and theologies that I had grown up with was really just a misunderstanding of what the Holy Spirit was. And and part of it was I didn't believe in the Trinity. Yeah, you know? I was getting ready to say. Yeah, I yeah. didn't believe in the Trinity. I thought it was Jesus and Jesus only. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, that's another, that's another concept that once I learned to read Scripture correctly, I had just a... <laughs> just an earth-shaking epiphany right (laughs) once i saw the trinity like i i got super emotional 
I know. I remember you telling me. Yeah. Because I was. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You're like, congratulations. You're a Christian now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just shocked that my entire life, I see I'm getting teary eyed about it now. My entire life and entire belief system, I had denied this. Right. Denied that it was real. Yeah. And now that I see it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's just, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I was always taught that that limits God and it creates three gods and all this other stuff. But now I just see how majestic and powerful God is Mm -hmm. in knowing this. And it's just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. I remember you saying like, wow, I've just been limiting Jesus to like what I could contain him to be or something like that yeah. is what you said. Yeah. It was and huge now, limitation. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just to my understanding and my understanding alone. And when, when, when ultimately you probably would have, have said, yeah, we can't comprehend it fully, even as a, a oneness yeah. thing. Yeah. But you had just, well, I was just, limiting, I was limiting persons to what humans can contain. Right. You know, God's one being, we are one being, but we can only also be one person. God is three persons. Yeah. And when, when, just when that light bulb went off, it was just in, I was just completely overcome with emotion right. about it. Yeah. Cause it, 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 that was a big thing that even when it, I left the UPC, yeah, you I held on. still held on to that. Yeah. Until just like the summer. Yeah. It was this summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still reading a book about the Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because that was the one you were like, you're like, there's this one thing I still hold on to. And yeah. you told me, and I was like, you're a heretic. Exactly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but we're friends. We're friends. So we can, we, you know, we joke, we joke around all the time. But I was just like, whoa. And I was like, dude, that's, you know, modalism and stuff. And, and you Which said, Which I had never even heard what that was. Right. And you were like, oh, I don't know if it's like that. But then, but you were still, you were still, I think you were just like, I, I'm holding on to it. And you were going to hold on to it because you were like, you were like, I can argue this like all day. And oh, all I night. Yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I would, st- I had another, uh, another guy that would try to convince me of the Trinity and we talk for hours in circles around each other <laughs> because there was such a blinder on me. Mm-hmm. I just, I refused to see it, you know, yeah. and anytime he tried to say something, Oh, it, it, it's all one person. You know, mm-hmm. the, what is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Well, the name is Jesus. You know, that's how I would describe that. And I na- I just now see how silly it was, I guess. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You think anybody from the UPC is listening to this now that knows you? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll share it. Yeah, see? I know. I mean, I know you're going to share it. Now they're going to be like, just see, see you're who, going straight to hell see now, who comes right? Out of the woodwork, calling me a crazy heretic. Um, <laughs> now that you believe in the Trinity, like that's just one way to. That think. is a big thing with the UPC, especially. No, I know, right? It's one. Um, like, yeah, I mean, you're, are you going to hell now? In their view, probably to some. Yeah, yeah. There's probably some that are out there that view it as a secondary issue. Right. Um, cause well, I, you're already going to hell though. Cause you're a preterist. Now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So preterist plus Trinity equals oh. hell. Yeah. That's, that's a no brainer. <laughs> it's like a special level reserved for you. 
Is it like Dante's Inferno? Oh, there's like? a special place in hell for me for being the Trinitarian preterist, for sure. Yeah, it's like, like the lowest <laughs> level. It's ice. It's ice. I'll be chilling with Hitler over this, man. <laughs> you know, Dante's Inferno is like you're just uh, the, the lowest level. Reserved for the worst of the worst is like you're frozen in ice up to your neck. And that's where the term <laughs> cold as hell comes from. I did not know yeah. that. <laughs> that's where most of our theology, the, the, theology on hell comes from, too, is Dante's yeah. Inferno. But, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. No, I'm levels. sure... I'm just... Yeah, I know. No, I'm, we're, I'm we're sure. joking around here, but there are people... And it's not just UPC. There's no, so no. many other denominations, too, that will... Once you leave that denomination, you're like... Backslid. Yeah, you're backslid. You're you're going in, you know, the wrong way. And Which for, really, I've never, I've never been more biblically grounded in my life. Right. <laughs> you know, at, after leaving that, you know, right. and and there's like I said, there's people, there's good people there. You know. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm. I know we're kind of. I'm kind of dumping on it a little bit, but there's good people there. You know. There's. There's. It's well. I mean, that's the same with Bethel. People hear um, other things that we've said or see on in social media and that they think that just because we don't like um, the teachings of Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin, mm-hmm. that we just think all 10,000 people that go to Bethel are heretics or yeah. sinners. Um, and everybody else that partakes in their stuff is are you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all that. I, yeah. And it's like, no, 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 I'm not, not saying that. Absolutely. Not, not saying that. No, uh, not saying that at all. We're just saying there's uh there's definitely some false teaching, you know, there, and we're trying to point those out. It doesn't mean I think, you know, I mean, I know, I know some people that have um, gone there and attended even in the school. And it's like, I, I mean, I don't know them as well as I know you, but I mean, I wouldn't question their salvation and stuff like that. No. So, I mean, uh, we're always quick. They, they're people who are always wanting to point out, um, people like us and they think that we're heresy hunters you know mm-hmm. like they're doing they're just doing the exact same thing as they're accusing us of yeah they're yeah. calling oh you guys just think this well you just think this of me yeah you know yeah. i'm not saying that all of bethel's going to hell so. no no and i and yeah i definitely don't believe that you know um, I, I have a lot of issues like you said with the teachings coming from there right. but i don't think that everybody that is sitting under that teaching is necessarily unsaved mm-hmm. or a heretic right i mean it's just i may think that about some of the leaders but right yeah i mean that's a different story <laughs> um let's see here i think we covered a lot of the stuff though like um like i wrecked your Pretty much, I wrecked your theology and dismantled it down to nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> and and really, it was just hermeneutics that did that. It was interpretation, right? It was you um, exposing me to that, right? Yeah. Um. So let's just for a moment go in the time machine again and say, like, what was your biblical theology like two years ago versus what it is now? Oh my gosh. I mean, would you be two like radically different people sitting in the room? Yes. That could argue and debate. Very, very, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I was much more <sighs> What is the best way to phrase this? <laughs> um 
I guess I was much more mystical, I guess you can say about You are mystics. <laughs> well, I mean, now I would call myself that, but not then, definitely. Yeah. Um I would charismatic. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I was very charismatic. Heavy, yeah, proof very texting. Heavy. Yeah, definitely. Um, he wasn't as charismatic as me though. I mean, no. We could have I could out holy ghost you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. No, I'm I think a, a lot of it was very experiential based. Sure. Um and not as biblically grounded in things, you know, cuz any time I would read something in the Bible, it was how it applied to me directly. Mm-hmm. You know, or just I, I I had no regard for context whatsoever. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that was just a foreign concept to me. Right. You know, and I was you know, just to go back to the eschatology thing, I was still, you know, always looking for you know, signs of the end times, mm-hmm. you know, just to try to gauge how close we actually were. Um, which that does frame theology, you know? Yeah. It, it does. It, your, your view of end times does frame what you're, what you're going to believe about theology and. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Really. Um, but that whole, just keeping it there on the page like keep it in context let scripture interpret scripture like mm-hmm. yeah eschatology you can look at revelation 400 and some odd verses half of that is just john using verses from the old testament mm-hmm. apocalyptic literature so yeah. if you can know how to read that mm-hmm. you know so like um yeah, apocalyptic ling- language though too, right? You mm-hmm. just learn to to see like not all this stuff's literal, like right. the heaven and earth thing. Yeah, like when you originally was like, oh, like it's a an literal idiom. heaven and earth. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and then you see see it being used as uh, the temple and mm-hmm. Israel. Yep, that it's Jewish. An, yeah, it's an idiom. Law. Yeah, <laughs> and like. I mean, it changes. So, so you you read Moses. Oh, here, hero heavens, hero earth. Mm. He's not talking to like the physical ones there, the literal ones. Like he's talking to a group of people, right? Yep, Israel. So that changes that, you know. Um, I mean, okay, heaven and earth. Like, like when Jesus talks about. Not one jot or one tittle will pass away until heaven and earth pass away. So if heaven and earth haven't passed away, we're still under law, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I mean, and, I, and it's funny because I always had trouble reconciling that. It's like, why is he going to prepare heaven for us just to destroy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, and make like, a new heaven and earth. Like yeah. I never. Yeah. Why does heaven? Never, it never made sense until I came to this eschatology, and realized that that's not what he was talking about. He yeah. was talking about the Jewish law. Right. You know, once that once that was the first time I had ever in my life been able to reconcile that statement. Oh, okay. That's good then. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like Second Peter three. Like the fervent heat's gonna burn out the heavens and the earth. Like mm-hmm. in the, the the elements. Yeah. You know, he, they didn't have a periodic table then. I mean, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit couldn't have told him about it, but I'm right. sure nobody else would have understood what elements was. Yeah, I believe that I was ele- talking about the universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the entire universe. Everything was just going to get destroyed. Right. But, you know, again, it's the temple and the elementary things of worship or the elements inside the temple, like mm-hmm. the, all the stuff they used. I mean, no, learning these things and then seeing it in Scripture and then applying it then to to interpretation, like actually interpreting, like 
especially verses like that, it changes mm-hmm. so Big many time. things. You're like, whoa, yeah. holy moly. Like, and then you start to see that there's going to be some verses that really aren't going to apply to you at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything? Is there, is there a scripture that was like, that you were really into and thought it was directly for you and now it, you're like eh, I can't really use that <laughs> you know I mean maybe there's not I'm yeah. trying to think if there's anything specifically that jumps out because really I don't know that I can answer that because I viewed the entire Bible that mm. way Okay. you know what I mean right. so there's not really anything that jumps out because that's how I viewed everything every bit of it Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. That's that's kind of a weird weird way for me to think about it because. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I could think of it. Well, um, Romans twelve, you know, has always been something I like. Like, do not conform to the patterns of this world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the whole renewal and transfer uh, transformation of your mind. Um, I always. I liked that as a teenager because I was punk rock and didn't like conformity, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't conform. Yeah, cool. But now I see also that world is age there. Mm-hmm. Do not conform to the patterns of this age. So he's writing to, you know, also the Romans here. So this is, what's the age? That age is about to pass away. Mm-hmm. Don't conform to something that's about to end yeah all this stuff is about to come to a head here it's about to end because there's judaizers in the beginning of gnosticism here don't mm-hmm. conform to that stuff instead had this revelation of jesus that will renew you and transform you mm-hmm. um so that's changed a little bit um there are some things though too that um maybe you is there anything where you can see like okay i know what that like we said, one interpretation, many um, applications, and I think I, I I think that's the problem with the with pop Christianity or evangelical churches. Like, you put ten people in a room, give them give them the verse. You could even give it to them in context. Mm-hmm. If they don't know what that herm, you know that word hermeneutics yeah. is, yeah, everyone is still going to give you a different answer. So you're going to have ten different what you think what people would say are interpretations. Yeah. And but, I always believe that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not interpretation. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting their application probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I think. It's like, no, you're not interpreting it. You're, you're, you're getting what you th- believe is to be for you mm-hmm. in that moment and reading that. Like, what's this verse mean to you? Like type yeah. of thing. Well, that's not interpretation. That's applicability. That's yeah. application. And that's the problem though. Yeah. I think. I mean, that's that's how every Bible study I've ever been a part of in my life would go. Like, they'd read a verse, mm-hmm. one singular verse, and be like, well, what does this verse mean to you? And yeah, like you said, you get like 30 different interpretations, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I see that. Wow. Yeah, when, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, because it's living and active. Like, yeah, right? Exactly. And, then, and that totally supports that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in that way, if you think or thinking in, along those terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny. And that I mean, yeah, I mean, Bible study, prayer group, all of that mm-hmm. has this. And it's like, that's, but you may say something, you know, well, you, if that's how Bible studies went, then people would be like, yeah, well, no, because I, this is what I, here's what it means to me. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be, 
two things that are going to be clashing there, right? Mm-hmm. Which again, it's like you're not interpreting it. Yeah, you're, you're just, just. It may not, and and you know what? A lot of cases, it may not even be application mm-hmm. because if you really ask me what that means, it may not have anything to do with it at all. Right. Yeah. Because I may not know. Like, there's a lot of things in this world I don't know about. Right. And yeah. you could present it to me and be like, so what's that mean to you? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like this? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so I think that's a, I mean, it's a big problem mm-hmm. in the church, right? But, yeah, um, for sure. And then so in misusing scripture and missing, and there's a big thing in, there's a big difference, like in misinterpretation and falsely just like abusing a text too yeah um so i think most of us have just gone through a lot of our lives just in misinterpretation like totally misinterpreting the text and not even knowing like what is going on at all mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then so when your eyes actually when you learn when you learn hermeneutics and these um very important uh principles and just context i mean just context if you can't remember audience relevance time statements mm-hmm. any of that stuff just remember context just yeah. read a little bit before read a little bit after yeah and try to find out exactly what's going on and if you have to use a commentary use a commentary it's not, no shame in that no no right? and i always thought there was really? you know yeah because i thought that was robbing what god was trying to speak to me individually uh, you yeah, know yeah. because that commentaries tell you what you're supposed to take from that scripture when really it's just, no, they're just interpreting the scripture the way it's supposed to be interpreted. Now there's some commentaries that I'm sure are off, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I was, out, I was, I never used a commentary in my entire life, you know, just because I believe that it robbed me from what God was trying to speak to yeah, me through yeah. that scripture. Okay. I um, remember because you started asking me about commentaries. Yeah. Cause I yeah. didn't, I didn't own one. I was always against them. I know other people like that too. Yeah. I've always been a commentary guy, even as a kid. Really? Yeah. Huh. Always. Yeah. I always thought it was bad. <laughs> I always, I don't know. Maybe I, I just always felt like the Bible was really confusing to me. So I guess I saw it as like, um, what's that? Cliff Notes or something, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 I just always saw it like that. It was like, it's just helping me yeah. along. See, not so, me. I was always just like, no, I don't. I don't want to read what somebody else sure. thinks the Bible's telling me. I, yeah. I, I want the Bible, and I get that. Uh, yeah, I, I do get that. There's an element point. of that. Yeah, that is, you know, yeah, technically okay, right? But can you imagine some of these people though that have like, um, like we, well, we we mentioned it before, like atheists, mm-hmm. like they can sit there and they read it and they go clearly (laughs) like, I don't, I mean, why is it these atheists or even agnostics or, I mean, CS Lewis even said the most embarrassing verse in all the Bible is when Jesus said this generation generation shall not pass. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly he was delusional on his coming and clearly his disciples were shared in this delusion. Mm Mm-hmm. And C.S. Like, Lewis was brilliant. Yeah, and, and he like said so many, something like, "Yeah, yeah, like what? Yeah. Like what? 
Okay, so yeah, I mean, I ask people, it's like, man, you you really like C.S. Lewis. I mean, but most of the time, like, if I told you Jesus was delusional, you would be like, what? You're crazy. You're stupid. You wouldn't want to hear what I have to say. Exactly. Yeah, not many people know that C.S. Lewis said that. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's just so funny to me that that I, I guess there's just no church culture or what. I mean, but some atheists did grow up in church, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was Dawkins, right? He was like, didn't he? He was a. I he was re- in church. I feel like right? he was, yeah. And asked, yeah. I that was one of the things right there, mm-hmm. the this generation thing, because he asked his pastor about it. It was like, mm-hmm. well, no, that didn't happen, but it will happen someday. Yeah. And he was like, well, he's a false prophet then. Well, yeah, and even and, that, you know, why it, it raises questions. You know, why would because I always had those questions, you know, there's so much confusion about this because of the way Jesus worded it, hmm. you know, why would he word? Why would he purposefully word it but I don't, in a confusing way? It's not though. Exactly. <laughs> once I was a, once I figured I found out there was another way of looking at it. I was like, he didn't word it strangely. Right. He worded it the way he, he meant to word it. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Okay. I feel like we're losing a little traction now. Getting tired. <laughs> Coffee wearing off. Coffee. I'm hungry. I'm oh, angry. Yeah. No. Um, all right. What? Let's just take a moment to say, because um, I, I think you've pretty much hit everything here in my notes or my questions that I gave, but it, it was a crisis, right? And you did, Definitely. but you handled it well. Uh, how... Did, did your relationship with the Lord, it, it had, I mean, it definitely changed though, because I mean, especially now with the Trinity and stuff too. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's definitely shifted. Um, I'm trying to think of a good one. It, it's hard to articulate a lot of this stuff. Sure. Um, because I'm, I feel like I'm still in some ways processing it, mm-hmm. you know, cause this all has been within the recent year. Yeah. Um, that I've got kind of gone through all this. Uh, yeah, and the Trinity's only been a few months. Yes, yeah, that that's been huge. You know, it's changed the way that I pray because before I thought if I addressed anybody other than Jesus, mm. you know, that I was praying wrong. Mm-hmm. So anytime somebody would be like, "Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son," it's just, I'd be like, "Oh gosh," what? you know. <laughs> wow, I would just instantly think that that's that you're not even praying right, dude. Right, you know you. Well, this just go, those prayers are just going out into the abyss, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not even addressing Jesus correctly, dude. Um, wow. So it's definitely changed the way that I pray. Um, it's changed the way that I've looked at certain scriptures. You know, the, the beginning of John. You know, mm-hmm. where it talks about how, you know, not everything was created through Jesus through the Word. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I it's had, crazy, right? I had always just kind of thought it was a uh, poetic way of describing Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't realize that it was actually describing the Trinity, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know. It's just, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just, just changing, looking at everything differently, you know, having a more healthy view of the gifts and, um, you know, healing, 
you know, and just letting, letting God's will be God's will. If it doesn't come to pass, it's not something that I did wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Because there, I, I know a lot of the reform circles just kind of lay heavy on God's sovereignty and all right. this, but there's some truth to that, you know? Oh yeah. Well, there's God is sovereign. Exactly. You yeah. know, is he, you know, is it superior sovereignty though? You know, mm-hmm. you know, right. we've had those conversations, but, and it's a different thing, but yeah, he is, he is sovereign. I mean, and like you said, it, when you take everything away, mm-hmm. like all of the, all of the different views, all of the different doctrines, all that type of stuff. And that, per, you know, somebody doesn't get healed or you don't get healed or whatever, or you're not getting slain in the spirit or you're not speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus enough? Yes. Yeah. I mean, is that's what, I mean, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if, the, the apocalypse does happen and you're just alone in a cave and all you have is the spirit in you mm-hmm. is that enough like it should be enough like mm-hmm. you're like you're in christ you're good you're sealed mm-hmm. and the anointing is him yeah not not <laughs> some anointing that's fallen on you some impartation right you don't have to bigger. right like you don't have to like feel like that guy's more spiritual than you right and stuff like that yeah things like that i mean all of this has come because of interpretation really and you started to see things differently so um if if someone's listening believes and believes that the bible is just written directly to them (laughs) what would you what would you say to them I'd say that's a really narcissistic way of looking at it. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and they'll say, you're rude. I'm sh- yeah. They'll say, judge not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's it, it's written... <laughs> it's written about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, for us. But the only thing we're supposed to get from that is the, you know the saving grace of Jesus and what he's done for us and um, just the revelation of him mm-hmm. and uh, just the fullness of God. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a self-help guide. A lot of people treat it that way. Um, yeah. It's not for your prosperity. Uh, right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I agree. It's just, it's just, it's not for a good bumper sticker Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it's like, uh, it, like you said, it's not the self help type of guide. It's, there are things in there certainly that will make you feel blessed. Yeah. And make you feel good. Right. right absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cause there's so much beauty in all of it, especially in the gospel message. Um, but there's also a lot of really hard, confusing things in there too. That mm-hmm. unless you know how to read the Bible and know that, you know, I mean, what do you do? There's a lot of stuff like Old Testament. Well, that's what I think people don't know how to interpret the Bible. It's be, uh, Oh, I didn't. Yeah. And when they don't, I think that's one of the reasons why they stay away from the Old Testament, too. Mm-hmm. Cause they don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because there's there's things that I couldn't explain. Right, like I, I would right. get questioned, you know, from atheists or agnostics about like the whole, you know, slavery stuff. And it's like, how do you 
Right. How do you explain that? Right. How do you reconcile this to your loving father and stuff? Yeah. Right. Stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's it then. Really, you were a oneness. Future is <laughs> charis- futurist, charismatic. charismatic. But that's a <laughs> trinitarian preterist <laughs> continuationist. <laughs> Yeah, and any preterist listening, going, oh, you guys can't be continuationists because of this and that and the other. It's like ah, I don't want to. I, you know, I've looked into it. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. We got the spirit in us. You can't be a cessationist and then believe the Holy Spirit's in you. Right. <laughs> yep. I mean, a full on like those full on guys. Like, uh, what's his name? I don't know. So, um. Justin Peters. Yeah, Justin Peters. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, Justin yeah. Peters. I, no, hey, I like Justin Peters too, but he is like <laughs> he's a hardline cessationist. I mean, yeah, I mean, spirit can even like speak to you while you're driving, yeah, or, or something, right? Yeah, he. I mean, I mean, he's just like you think you hear that voice in you. Think again if you're he, not reading the Bible. Yeah, it's like he's straight Whoa. up, nothing can happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, man. I do like him, but yeah, um, he does need to calm down a little uh, bit. But I like him. What, um, they, they, yeah, uh, and I don't think I have to give any ad, ad, uh, discretion or uh, advisory or something like uh, that. You you still, you know, you still believe the Holy Spirit speaks to you and yeah, and, yeah, abso- and stuff a- like that. A- absolutely, yeah. you know, I still I still speak in tongues. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, there, there's I, just there's certain aspects of that that I can never deny. Right. I think you there's know? just some people that they hear us or they see some of our posts. Not just you and I, but people that are some like like us, mm-hmm. and they think that we've gotten away from all of that. That, yeah. that we think like I'm not having you know hearing or or feeling this you know the Holy Spirit or yeah. and stuff. And it's just like, nah, man. I feel. I think I. Feel am feeling or experiencing I, as much as I hate to use that word experiencing much more now than yeah. what I was before. Yeah, I agree because yeah. I also agree that I had a false view of all of it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. So now it's like even more clear and, and it's just healthier and I'm able to recognize when it's my emotions getting out of hand Yeah. or, or something like that. Right. Right. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, what do you uh, think of Todd White? <laughs> just joke. You want to open that can? I don't no, think you I'm really want me to answer that. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks so much for spending Saturday with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> this was fun. It was. It was fun. I hope ultimately, and I, you know, we didn't crack the Bible open. I just wanted to be a conversation and just say that ultimately, you know. Um, I'm going to use this to just promote the crap out of how awesome my podcast is. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, just joking that, you know, it's, it's just something I think, you know, the, I, it tr- changed my life so much like context did, mm-hmm. you know, interpreting the Bible, all of that. And not just the, the eschatology part, just, context 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 all of it just dramatically changed everything just complete just flipped it 
upside down and changed it all that but i'm so much better mm-hmm. for it yeah um it's a new worldview it it yeah it, it just it's changed everything and not just for me but for my family um and my my speaking which is you know more of like i'm you know a teacher preacher mm-hmm. you know i mean all of that has changed just because i learned uh hermeneutical principles you know and I just, I wanted, you know, especially though you being a futurist and then going to preterism, but it all ties into interpretation. And I wanted you to come on and just share that experience and have a conversation about it, you know, and just be candid about it. And I hope, I hope it helps people um, because, you know, really I've, you know, talking about these things, not just those principles and stuff, but talking about different, different views that exist. Mm Mm-hmm is helped not just you but several other people that listen um explaining um the differences in these doctrines too of like gifts and stuff like you just discussed too has helped people Mm -hmm. you know there's people that um feel have said that well wow i just feel so much more freedom in jesus than i ever have before Mm -hmm. and hopeful right you know yeah having this eschatological view change giving me back hope for the future right you know which i always just thought you know the world's just going to get worse and worse and worse until god decides to blow it up right you know (laughs) yeah and like and and now it's like we get to watch our kids grow up Mm -hmm. we could probably hopefully we get to hold a grandkid yeah right yeah never thought that would happen right uh I mean, you're going to do a father-daughter dance at a wedding someday? I know. I'm going to have to save for a wedding, which I thought, that's <laughs> never going to happen, man. <laughs> yeah. And which also, yeah, I mean, we have to leave. Hopefully, we have something to give as inheritance, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> to our children's children. Yeah. Oh, I think that's <laughs> spiritual. <laughs> that's spiritual legacy right there. That's uh, but, But, yeah, so I just, like... I guess you're like the living specimen here of proof of <laughs> that. That, and I gotta commend you for to that or that you continued to listen even when you were like, "Oh, he is lost Gone. it." Yeah. yeah, but I mean, even if that the reason for listening was just to to get a full grasp on what what I believed. Mm-hmm. so you could debunk it yep. and prove me wrong you were still able to do it stick with it because a lot of people aren't able to 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 continue to listen to a lot of stuff yeah. that i will say there was a period of time where i shut you off yeah yeah <laughs> but then i had to go back then i went back and yeah, uh-huh. relist you know caught myself up <laughs> you blacklisted me didn't oh, I, you? I thought you were a full-blown heretic man <sighs> just that's crazy. awesome <laughs> It's so crazy. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, when I received that one message, though, I mean, on Facebook, and the guy, uh, the guy called me saying I was a heretic and I needed to repent to be restored back into the kingdom of God. I there was a bit of me that felt like I had ar- arrived. You know, I was like, all right, because <laughs> really, I mean. Yeah, not only you should be blessing people, there's going to be people that are offended at some point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it really helped my ego. 
so now we're just rambling so but thanks again thank you and i'm just i'm glad i'm glad that i've been able to what what god like god ultimately led me to all of these things i believe Mm -hmm. i mean and and then i've just was like ah, i just want to share this with people so i've started a podcast and it's helping other people so all it's it's all god Mm -hmm. and it's all god and all thanks and glory to him so um but thank thanks for just coming and and sharing the whole uh crisis and uh, experience thanks (laughs) thanks for having me yeah (laughs) all right until next time guys thank you for tuning in Well, that wraps that up. So I hope that was encouraging and uh, educational and edifying. If you have any questions, comments, disagreements, you can send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be loving. Thanks for listening. <laughs>